0: Assalamu alaikum alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, friends. It is your sister and friend, Adar, and you're listening to the Digital Sisterhood Podcast. Last week, we left you on the craziest cliffhanger. In part one, Noor shared the impossible journey they went on on trying to get their mom back in their care. They spent years devising this plan to keep their head down deal with their abusive father until Nora's older sister turned 18. But their plan was accelerated when their father was arrested after an altercation that happened at home. That's when the lawyer told them, do your exit plan earlier. This was their most optimal time to get out. Maybe even the only time they could do it. So they took it. Nora was finally old enough to be emancipated. Her older sister took the custody of their little brother. They were able to rent an apartment and move to live on their own. Slowly but surely, the
1: first phase of their plan was completed. So, at this point, um so once we're living in the apartment, I wouldn't say life is happy. Life is still a struggle because we're three young people trying to live on our own, provide for ourselves, you know? So, it's expensive. It's, you know, like I said, we're a bunch of teenagers um, living together. So, we have our own personality clashes. I'm pretty sure it wasn't my day to wash the dishes, and somehow I'm washing <laughs> the dishes again, you know? Um, yeah. So, but Alhamdulillah, we're grateful because this is what we wanted. We wanted that peace. We wanted that quiet. We wanted to have that independence. Homeboy comes out of prison and we live in a small community. Nobody has my number. Nobody knows where we live. But what happens? My brother goes to football. We go to the masjid. Um, areas that the whole community has access to, right? Mm-hmm. And throughout this whole process, the the masjid became this daunting place where, like you said, something about going to I pray and listen to the khutbah just helps your soul, right? Mm-hmm. But every time I went, all eyes, you know, Mm -hmm. look at them, it's them, those people, da 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 da. you know? Mm -hmm. And then my brother comes out of prayer and he said, "Um, Dad's coming out and the community want us to have a sit down with him. And then so we're bombarded and they're like, listen, this is for, you know, this is for the sake of everyone. Um, Forgiveness is good, you know? You know, the teachings about don't go to sleep, Um, don't sleep with ill intentions or, you know, don't go to sleep with like hatred towards anyone, you know. Mm-hmm. We're like, fine, let's get it over and done with. So at this point, we're planning the next phase of our life's escape plan, tick, done, mission completed. Next phrase, the next phase of our life is one of us goes to university, gets a degree. Our family motto is if I get a degree, we all succeed. If one of us gets a degree, we all succeed, right? Because working in these industries and having a degree, that's how that's how we're going to make money, you know? So that's our family motto. If I get a degree, we all succeed. So only one of us has to get it. And then, inshallah, when the next phase comes, we'll swap over. Everyone's going to get a turn, you know? And it's what makes sense. It's what she would do for us. Like, I know that if anything happened to me in my life, my mom would sacrifice everything to put me first. Mm-hmm. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us three so we can have three. He gave her three kids so we can have turns. He could have just given her one child. Yeah. My mom had so many miscarriages. As if God knew, in order to get through this plan, there could only be three of us. There's no way we're doing this escape plan with eight mouths to feed. Someone's going to snitch. Right? So out of all the things, you know, my mom loves kids. My aunties have heaps of kids. Genetically, my mom's family, they produce heaps of kids. But for some reason, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only gave her three kids, as if this is part of the bigger plan, you know?
0: The last time the three musketeers decided to take care of their mother, they quickly learned how much of a challenge it was for them to go to school and take care of her. So this time, they came up with a better plan. Nora and her older sister decided to take turns finishing their degrees, so someone would always be at home. But the way they decided who would go first was using the most intense game of chance. A game that is the epitome, or at least I think,
1: of fairness and equality. We're going to do what logical teenagers do. Paper, scissors, rock. No. And whoever No yeah, and whoever and whoever wins, they get to complete their degree.
0: Oh my god.
1: Right? It has to be between us two, you know. Our brother's too young. And we're trying to shout to him. There's no need for all of us to go through this, you know. If somebody somebody needs to come out normal at the end of this, let it be him, you know. Mm -hmm. And one thing about me is I never lose in papers as a rock. So I was like, (laughs) are you sure you want to do this, girl? (laughs) Oh, my God. And she was like, stop acting like you know how to play a game of chance. You know, (laughs) the odds are not in your favor. And I said, this is a skill, sis. Do not do this game with me. So we do it, you know. Bam. What did I say? I never lose, I win. Khalas. I know what field I want to go into, you know. I know what I want to do. So I'm, And I'm, I'm not going to uni to muck around and keep changing degrees. I know what degree I'm going to get. I know how much money it makes in that year. I know how much holiday time it provides so I can um, be with my mum in the other times and give that person a break. Allah akbar. Right? I'm going into teaching for the holidays, 100%. Because it works best. You know? Yeah, It works best and I've got the gift of the gab. I like to talk. It work, It makes <laughs> perfect sense, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to become a teacher. And then in the holidays, my sister can do whatever she wants for six weeks because I'm going to be home and getting paid. I'm going to be lapping it up. Look at my innocence thinking I'm going to make so much money in teaching.
0: <laughs> MashaAllah.
1: And then what? everything's starting to add up. My da's are starting to get answered, you know? Not in the way that I thought. Not in the way... Because remember, any time that I prayed, I would pray for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to restore my mum into health the way that she was. That's my idea of my du'as getting answered, is that my mom one day gets up and walks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a miracle, you know? Her whole her mental health is restored, her physical health is, is restored, and I go back to being a child. Mm-hmm. But when you plan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala plans as well. Right? And his plan is the one that's going to come into fruition. So... Here we are planning all of this, you know. Um, and then life is starting to make sense. Those puzzle pieces are starting to make sense. And then in that meeting, that reverse card is played. It was a Uno wild card. He reversed that real quick on us. He said, bam, what do you have ready? And we had nothing ready.
0: On the day, of the community sit down with their father, despite the fact that Nura and her siblings still had, even after all that they went through, A glimmer of hope and potential forgiveness. Because let's face it, that's who they were. That's who their mother raised them to be. He shares probably the most devastating and heartbreaking news of all. He had full custody of their mom. And if they weren't going to come home, they would never be with their mother in the same way again. So what do they do now? Abort mission and go back home? Or leave their mother behind?
1: homeboy said if you guys are not under my custody and we are not a happy unit my wife is my responsibility subhanallah no man left behind that includes Hoya as well abort mission what happens if we abort mission do we go to point A again the puzzle in my head is falling apart every puzzle 2008 2009 2010 everything that we worked for slowly in my mind is breaking apart
0: because you can't leave her behind
1: She's the main point, a mother's love. This is how we've gone on this far Is her. When we were making the plan, we didn't think about who had custody of mum and how that could play against us. We always just assumed it was a given. And the thing is, you can't, you can't take mum to a courtroom and ask her, who do you want custody of you? Because she will choose ice cream. She is at a state where mentally, you know, she, she's cognitively three-year-old age. Mm -hmm. If you ask my Mm
0: mum
1: Do you want your health back Or do you want ice cream She'll be like Give me ice cream right now Mm -hmm. You know She's Mm -hmm. at that stage Where she can't make decisions For herself So we can't put her in court And they ask her Who do you want custody of you Because she can't do that Subhanallah What do we do Do we go back to the scenario That we planned To escape for so long Just for one person Or Do we start to make a new plan We go back to what we do best Team Huddle Bring it in guys Everyone in (laughs) So we we, we we go to the lawyers and we say, what can be done? They said, listen, you're lucky to get um, legal guardianship over your brother, let alone a whole adult that has um, a spouse. They said the law is not going to be on your side. Oh, my God. Surely, surely um, something needs to be done. Something can be done. They're like, listen, the only option that you have is that you um, file a motion that he can't get it and you can't get it until you turn the age of. So and in our country, the legal age that you can be a um, power of attorney for someone else is 21.
0: Subhanallah. And none of you guys are 21 yet.
1: Girl, we just turned 18. Girl, Super we just hard. got to 18. Ain't no way we're gonna get to th- And you know how long it took to get to 18, right? Oh my god, it took forever! That girl chose to be born in October. That sucks. <laughs> Why could she not be in January like every other Somali person? Every Somali person's birthday is January uh, the first, except this girl. This October, girl. Th- what we need October the 30th. Ugh, oh SubhanAllah. Basically, so like, the the basically the end of the year.
0: Basically oh the end god. of the year. Basically <sighs> at the end of
1: the year so all we can do is file a motion for him not to get it and for us not to have it we have some things that are on our side right Mm -hmm. um there's evidence that my you know my dad's been to prison we can use that against him not use it against him but the courts will see that he's not a viable option Mm -hmm. right so we can we can prolong it that he doesn't have um power of attorney until we can get power of attorney but that comes with ramifications right because when someone is trying to tear you down, they will say whatever they need to say to tear you down, right? Um, she's not safe around them. Um, they should not be left unattended with her. Because remember, the deal still stands. Every holiday and every weekend she comes home. Yeah, so she's still... That was a deal. Yeah. That so was a she- deal that when originally, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that was taken away from us. We can we can prove um, the people at the rest of they see us come every day. There's cameras there. Every day you come and you have to sign in. Who's visiting her every day? That's on our side, right? Mm-hmm. The um, the carers at the rest home can vouch that our mum's the happiest when she's with us. This woman does not talk, does not laugh all day, but when her kids come, she's got stories to tell. Mm. They're like she never laughs for us. She never talks to us. She just waits until you guys come. So now we have visits with her, but somebody has to be in the room. She wants to, she's like, can I go home this weekend? We're like, no, you can't, Hoya. Sorry. But why? How can you explain to a person that has a cognitive ability what's happening? Sorry, a cognitive disability what's happening? How can you explain that to her? You can't, eh? We're like, oh you just can't. So at this point, everything's kind of destroyed. Everything, you know, all that you worked for seems like it's crumbling, you know? So we just have to play this game again of wait until someone turns a certain age. The way that I hate birthdays, Adam. them. Oh, I can if imagine. Anybody me, if anybody tells me they're turning eighteen, I get mad. Yeah, shush. It's <laughs> a stupid age to be anyway. Somebody ter- tells me they're turning twenty-one, oh, I'm mad. <laughs> I can imagine. I, say, all I, the say, e- I don't care if you're. I don't care if your birthday, when your birthday is. I don't care how old you are. Yeah. I'm, I'm done with birthdays. You're over don't it. Don't even ask me how old I am. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. every every when's age, my birth, every when's miles, my birthday, I rebuke, I rebuke the yeah, idea yeah. of birthdays <laughs> and celebrations.
0: Because I, I can imagine every birthday meant, okay, this plan will happen. Now we can do this, and you were you were concentrating on those age at that age points for so long mm. for something completely different, right? People are people those are looking. And ages
1: mean. So many different things for other people, right? At their ages, other people start thinking about traveling or um, the independence that they're going to get or, you know, the relationships they're building, the marriages that they're building, you know? Mm -hmm. And at 18, I'm fighting for freedom. Well, I'm not fighting for freedom, but my sister has to be at that age for me to get freedom and stability. At 20, when my sister turns 21, I'm fighting for the right to see my mother unsupervised. Isn't that a crazy thing to be fighting for at that age?
0: Can you imagine? Now they're back at square one. They're back to playing the waiting game for Nora's sister to turn 21 so they can see their mom again. This began to turn into a cycle. They plan, it fails, they plan, it fails. It just became too much to bear. What was the point anymore? If they didn't have their mom with them, what could they dream without her? The whole point in their fight was her. Nothing made sense anymore. So Nora dropped out of college. I mean, could you blame her? It's like every time they tried, no matter how long they waited, no matter how much pain they endured, or money they saved, or life they sacrificed, it just wasn't enough. Just one door after another, shutting in front of their faces. Were they doomed for a life of unhappiness and pain? Is this how life was going to be? A bunch of scattered life pieces? That maybe never intended to fit. And so, just when they're about to give up, guess who shows up just
1: in time like he did before? Sheikh Abdi. Sheikh Abdi came back? You heard from him again? He, We heard from him again. It's been a while. He said, nobody knows where you guys live. Um, Nobody has your phone number. You know? He said, I have homework that I haven't done in so long because no one was there to help me. <laughs> He said, how selfish are you guys? (laughs) He said, did you guys forget we had a deal? I had homework that needed to be done. (laughs) And it was just such an interesting experience seeing him again, right? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, listen, you said with hardship comes ease. And I can show you where the hardship is. And I've got hardship for days, you know. When is that ease going to drop? Is it stuck in transit? Is it being couriered via express? when does the ease begin, you know, I'm like, I'm generally confused, you know, and he said, even the prophets, the people that hurt them the most were the ones that were closest to them, and the trials and tribulations they went through carried on for years and years, so he's like, just keep going, you know, he said, it's not, he he explained it in a way of, it's not, it happens, and then it's over, he said, just because the hardship is over, doesn't mean your ease is coming straight after that, it doesn't work in a linear way, you know, it doesn't go, Hardship then my life becomes easier than hardship And he said some people Even you the people that you have You have a sister and brother to do this with Some people wouldn't have that he said Some people's whole lives have been hardship you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: So he's like just put your faith in light And carry on You know he said you're, Even his opinions eh He was like you're good people and you're distant for good things So just keep going on Keep moving keep doing it you know And I was like too late I dropped out of uni Shush I don't want to hear about it <laughs> And then he said, okay, then start the next semester. And then, you know, when you're at your lowest point, again, it's as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him. Because I remember I dropped out of uni. I'm, I'm giving up at this point. Nothing makes sense anymore. But once again, there's Shardu with his backpack. <laughs> and then I had to think back, you know. I was like, at this point, I just have so much anger and so much resentment, you know, at the world, you know. And I'm... I, Alhamdulillah I'm born a Muslim you know But I was just like I need to put my full faith In Allah you know And I just need to Figure out a way of Dealing with all this anger and this hurt that I have You know and of course I'm going to continue praying and of course I'm going to continue making dua But I need to fix myself As a person because it ain't adding up Do you know why do I feel this need To present to be this extremely Happy person when I'm not where does that come from You know Mm-hmm. So that, that time that I took from uni, I just worked on myself mentally and emotionally. Like, you know, trying to fix, again, those pieces of the puzzle that didn't make sense with who I was, you know. What what truly makes me happy, you know. How can I, how can I move on with this life and not just hold on to all this pain and all these things that are happening to me, you know. Because everybody goes through pain. My hardships are hard to me because they're happening to me you know, but everyone in this life is going to get test- get tested in one way or the other. Am I lucky that I'm facing these tests at such a young age, so when I grow up I have a sense of resilience? Because right now I'm not looking at life as in, look at all this hardship that I got, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making me resilient, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing me because he believes in me. I'm just a sad Sally and I feel sorry for myself. So the next semester because um, teaching only starts at the start of the year. You can't come through it halfway. Um, 2016, I start my degree. In 2016, Nora mustered up the courage to start her degree despite everything and took Sheikh
0: Evdi's advice. The same year, her older sister would turn 21 that October. At this point, there was nothing else to do but work on herself inwards. So Nora began to pick up the puzzle pieces of her life and began her journey of self-healing.
1: She even finally started to come to terms with everything that had happened. It's finally the day. I have not heard from he who shall not be spoken of in a long time. At this point, I've had enough. I've got protection orders. I've got um with comes within a certain meter of me, and it's it's done. Because I got tired of that whole appearance is apparent conversation and people trying to force us to have these conversations. I forgive you for the sake of Allah. And I wish you the best. But sabr doesn't mean me putting myself back into a place that is not mentally good for us. That it's not fixing anything, right? Mm -hmm. So at this point, there's protection orders legally. You can't talk to me. You can't call me. You can't see me. The community have come to terms with it. Everything's kind of coming back to normal. I have a great group of friends. I'm older enough to reach out to those people that, like my aunties and stuff, and be like, where were you? When this was happening. Do you want to know what the crazy part is? Mm. I, I I never had verbal contact with my aunties. Because remember when I started the story. It was um, 07 and 08 right. Mm-hmm. We're talking dial up and Bebo. There's no such thing as going on message. And calling someone across the world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I can call you right now off Instagram right. No mm-hmm. I don't need a calling card. I don't need anything. So these were different times. So I didn't have that communication with them you know. Mm-hmm. And then I was like where were you when we needed you. This is your sister you know. Mm -hmm. You should treat us like your kids You know There's the anger that I was talking about That was built up They're like What do you mean We've been sending money Since you guys were kids
0: What No no.
1: What do you mean You've been sending money They're like Yeah we talked to your dad He says everything's great Oh no The only time that I started Communicating with my aunties Verbally myself Was When um, When the whole court thing happened And we were legally um, On our own That's when I started talking to them My auntie was the one That bought us the Chairs for that apartment She's like I didn't know this was happening so now there's this even more anger, like, you know, I had people that cared about me. I had people that wanted to help, but they didn't know what was going on mm-hmm. to an extent. But we can't dwell on the past, right? Mm-mm. There's nothing that can be done. Homegirl turns 21. It's the 29th of October. Finally, this girl is turning 21, you know? When I tell you, other the day that morning, I got my mum out of that rest time. They said, where are you taking her? As if I'm in the movie, I said, <laughs> home. We're going home. They said, okay, um, you want to pack her stuff? I said, I don't care about that. We're going home. <laughs> and my mum has never left my side ever since. SubhanAllah. 2016? 2016? When you see me walking around, I'm that weirdo that smiles at the ground. <laughs> what? Oh my God. I got my, go my Hoya with me, and no one can take her away from me. No one can take you away from her. Oh. No one can take her away from me. Allah Akbar. And Aqaba. she's like, ah, this house sucks. The rest home was so much better. I had a bigger TV. Shush. <laughs> Shush, Hoya, we're home. <laughs> You know She's like At the rest home um, I was living by best life. She's like At the rest home They have people That come in and perform I said I will perform for you Do you want dance Or do you want brahman What do you want <laughs> What do you want Hoya? I got you Allah. You know And Just because she's home Doesn't mean life is easy Right Now uh, This goes back to Remember my sister said That she has new hobbies That she wants to do
0: mm-hmm.
1: And Um 2016 i'm in my first year of my degree it's a three-year degree you know Mm -hmm. so what's going to happen 2017-18 you know i can't um we have to talk about it you know Mm -hmm. we we didn't plan like we did every other time and my sister's like i'm being i'm going to become a digital artist wow i said okay she said i'm gonna work from home and here's my setup and here's my macbook and here's my tablet and she's like, I'm introverted. I hate people. So it's just me and mum every day. <laughs> Subhanallah. What are the chances that she picks a career that she's so happy with? Like, it's fulfilling to her because she was doing accounting before and she hated it. Mm-hmm. So she does digital art and then she says, like, I have a new hobby. I want to sew things, but I can do it from home. This girl is good at everything that she does. So. Can I tell you, listen, I'm my sister, yeah? As if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us to be born together, we are complete opposites. This girl is scared of her shadow. If she sees her shadow, she gets off right. <laughs> I, I jump off buildings for fun. That's my idea of a good time. <laughs> this girl is quiet and soft-spoken. I'm loud and a nutcase. <laughs> sure. Right? She's super. She's super talented you tell her to pick up something and then by tomorrow she can do she can do it i had been learning my timetables for six years oh no (laughs) right it's embarrassing i'm a teacher you ask me nine times four i'm getting my fingers out you know
0: (laughs) me too to be honest
1: so the fact that she doesn't want to go to uni or finish it even though we've been given this time doesn't make sense to me right but this girl is talented Mashallah. Right, she starts drawing, she has a little, her little following on Twitter, she <laughs> is making these beautiful pieces, she's, um, she's working with companies in where we live, and she's doing all of that, and then I finished my degree. This is where, the, I know I've been depressing you guys this whole time, this is where the story, this is the Madea ending that we were hoping for, right?
0: Mm. Did you know that every day, over 5,700 children become orphans? That's nearly 2 million plus children in a year who have no family, no support, and nobody to turn to. Which is why we have partnered up with Islamic Omar Relief, a U.S.-based NGO that is actively providing for the needs of orphans, widows, and the needy working on humanitarian projects in Ghana, Nigeria, Niger, Uganda, and Togo. With your help and generosity, we'll be able to house these orphans and provide a safe place for them to live in. Visit launchgood.com forward slash... TDS tend to make a donation towards building a house for an orphan today.
1: We have full custody of mum. We have a new house. It's bigger than the other. We're, we're at that point where, you know, life is normal and everyone, everyone wants to be your friend when you're on the up right now that my mum's mm. home and everything's doing good and my dad's left the country. It's like as if he's never lived here and everybody is kumbaya with us. No more alienation, no more look at them, da-da-da-da, you know? everything's great. I can go to gatherings without um, every second person asking me what's going on, what's happening. There's new drama in the community. My news is old. Nobody cares. Mm -hmm. Right? So there's this sense of um, I can just be who I am and my Hoya's home. I don't care what anybody says, you know? No one can take her away from me. Finally, things are looking up. They
0: have their home. Their mom is back in their life. And it's starting to feel easy. And so, throughout their whole journey, Sheikh Abdi's played such a vital role. It was only natural for them to invite him over to see how well they've been doing. Because they owed him so much.
1: We invite him over to our new house, right? Because life is getting easier. Life is getting better. We have this new house. It's bigger. Um, the lawns are nicer, you know? Well, like, I come over. Let us cook you lunch. Come say hi to mum. Don't bring the backpack you know, just come and chill. Um, we would love to see you. It's been so long and we have, you know, you're such an important part of our lives, you know. And then he's like, I will come and see you guys. So he comes and he's doing that thing where he's telling a joke, but he's still being quite pious about it, you know. And he's like, hey, um, he said, Allah's testing me and I have, I have cancer and then we're like okay have you gone to the doctors have they helped you what's going on do you need help you know um do you need help filling out the forms do you want us to be there with you with the appointments do you need someone to translate for you and then he's like no um my sister and my family are going to come and support me and we're like we're your family we got you you know we want to help you as well and he said even in his moment of sadness he's like how what how, what can I ask for he's like look at you guys doing so well that makes my heart warm oh, Subhanallah. right and he's like this is my test remember it doesn't go hardship then ease hardship then ease he said it's all over the place and this is my test right and other when I tell you the day that he knew he was going to pass and he was in hospital mm-hmm. he called us they're like you, he's like they're like call your loved ones and he called us and the oh. way that I was crying my heart out at the door, I can't go in, in the room and cry in front of this man on his deathbed and make it about me, you know. I want to go in there and then I want to make du'a for him and I want to be a responsible adult about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then so me and my sister and my brother we go in at the same time, and he tells my brother, "Cut your hair and continue your prayers. Move next person." <laughs> All right that's the advice that he has for my brother my brother's boiling his eyes out and then he's like i've never i've never had children but he's like i'm happy knowing that you guys are in this earth and will continue to make dua for me shush i said i don't want to cry in front of this man what did i say i wanted to come in here and be responsible and make dua you know yeah and this man um He's very, very religious. I can't even hug him because um he's not someone that I can touch, you know? Yeah. So I want to hug him and be like, thank you for everything that you've done. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala re- reunite us in Jannah, you know? Yeah. And I just, you know, I just want to hug him like he's my father. But he's a like, hey, we said, hey, good <laughs>
0: Don't break my wudu.
1: <laughs> Don't break my wudu, you know? <laughs> Don't hug me. And I was like, come on, it's our last time was ever. He's like, no, say what you need to say, verbalize it, you know? And... I'm speaking broken Somali because I know that he doesn't fully understand English. You know, I'm trying to express like how much love and respect and, you know, admiration we have for him. But there's a language barrier, right? How do you say admiration in Somali? I don't know. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. and I felt like even in his moments of weakness, he's making dua, he's smiling, he's still trying to be pious about his life. I said, the good people do go first on this earth. These people out here still living life, creating chaos for others, you know? Mm -hmm. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls upon those that he calls upon. And to him they return. So there was this, I, I I made plans for him. I wanted him to be the one that gives me away when I get married. I wanted him to be the sheikh that does my nikah. Selfishly, I'm planning things for this man, you know? When I tell you every year, as if he's my father, I place a Taqwa on his behalf. Every year I visit his grave as if he's my father, I go see him. I don't think there's a day I make a du'a that he's not included in it. Mm -hmm. Right? And me and this man have no no relation other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala crossed our paths. This man's about to die with no children? Nah, not on our terms. You know? And it's, it's crazy that the the people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put in my life knowing that I needed people, right? Like, even like my friends. My friends are my family, you know? Mm-hmm. When I go on holiday and I'm gone for long periods of time, who do you think comes and helps with my mum? My friends. Mm-hmm. You know? And my whole life, like I said, I was waiting for this, this ease to happen. And I was like, when is my life going to get easier? But... My ease was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened my heart in ways that I didn't think. You know, because when you go through a traumatic situation like this, your heart can be close to people, right? It could be, mm-hmm. you can think people are horrible and you can think the deen is horrible. And I could have gone, these people told me to that my wallet's is my wallet, and this deen is trash. This is stupid, bro. This doesn't make sense. Right? Yeah. He could have done that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes can block your heart to see the hidden in things, right? Mm-hmm. When I tell you as a child, I thought my ease would be, my mum gets up, walks and everything's fine. But my ease became meeting people like Sheikh Abdi. My ease became never doubting Allah subhanahu, wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's plan for me. My ease came in, how many people can go every night, they've done something to earn their mum's du'a, how many people can say that? I put my mum into bed every night and kiss her and say, see you tomorrow inshallah. How many people can say that they can do that? on the days where my salads are feeling low, on the days that my iman is feeling low, I look at what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can give you and what he can take from you through my mum, you know? Mm -hmm. And every day I know if I haven't been a good person, I've earned my mum's du'a in a way that day, in some form, in some capacity, you know? Because it's your mother, your mother, your mother, you know? Jannah under her feet. So on the days that I have things that I need to do, you know, and life is getting frustrated, I'm humbled by my mum, you know. And that's that's where my ease comes. This whole time I've been waiting for my life to miraculously get better. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had this plan for me. And overall, I would like to say it makes me a better person. Other people might question that. But even the way that I carry myself, I am optimistic cut my arm tomorrow i'm optimistic you know allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has something planned for me are you are you telling me that out of all this craziness that has happened to me somehow the puzzle still works somehow it's a masterpiece Subhanallah. madness Wallahi. in sharing this i wanted to show people that our lives are molded in a way that's beyond our understanding it's molded in a way that might not make sense to us in that moment but somehow those pe- those puzzle pieces will come together and it will make sense mm-hmm. and i can't i can't express how much gratitude i have for the people that treat me like family but are not my family you know mm-hmm. i i don't know i can't explain how much gratitude i have to be given such insight. At sus- you know. Remember at the start. I said I was just obsessed with my mum as a child. As if my soul knew. That we wouldn't be together for a long period of time. In her healthy form. So in those 10 years that I had with her. Only only great memories you know. Only good things happened from there. And the memories that we're making now. Even better. I think
0: my favorite part of this entire story. Or the, or the part of the story I've been reflecting most about is. How Allah has brought in completely two strangers, right? Sheikh Abdi. Until today, I I don't even know (laughs) if he was a real human or not. But Sheikh Abdi, who had a life of his own, didn't have any children, um, introduces them to a family who didn't have that figure they needed. And he brought these completely separate people together to help each other. And it just makes me wonder, Wallahi. I just sit here and thinking, like, I wonder what... For example, Shia Abdi's story is, you know, was he a man who wanted kids, you know, and he didn't have the opportunity, you know, because they always say the, the, the best thing you can leave behind in this dunya is righteous children who are going to continue to give to you, give sadaqah on your behalf. And like, that's the best thing you can leave behind is someone that's continuing continue going to help you. And subhanAllah, look how Allah SWT allowed him to pass away and although these kids are not his, his kids genetically, yet they still give to him, operate like they're his children, subhanAllah. And I just think maybe was that a dua he made maybe one day or is that the way that Allah wanted to honor Sheikh Abdi, you know, by bringing these wonderful kids that mean well, that have good hearts. You know, and who were just dealt with difficult cards. And then them, they got him, and he was able to kind of play this like guiding light. SubhanAllah, I just can't, I can't help but wonder how Allah s.a.w. puts the puzzles together, as Nura always mentions the puzzle pieces. You know, Allah s.a.w. is completely perfect in his wisdom. And I'm just at awe of him, even though I don't understand fully, but the little I do understand really makes me say. Alhamdulillah. So I've been asking all of our guests thus far this question, which I I think is the best question in the world, to be honest. But the question that I asked them is, out of all of the 99 names of Allah, which name of Allah reminds you of your story most? And this is what Noor had to say.
1: Al Rahman I feel like Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala's mercy was shown to me in ways that I would never ever imagine I don't know if that makes sense but I feel like I don't know how to express it what's the word that I'm looking for help me out it's like um
0: Allah is, and in, in the mercy that you're probably describing is a mercy, like, was beyond what you could have ever imagined. It was, it was at moments you didn't know if it was there, and it was subtle. Like, Allah was subtle with his mercy and his kindness, you know? And,
1: yeah, because he could have, he could have given me my one at uh, one time, right? Yeah, he well, could have. Your mom has health, but who knows what obstacles that would have come with, what other hardships that would have come with. But in that moment, like you said, it was subtle. My ease was given to me at certain points, nice and slowly, to make me and run me up to be the person that I am now.
0: Absolutely. Reminds me of uh, Allah's other name, Al-Latif, right? The most subtle. Um, There we go. Learning something new. also It's like, to be honest, your whole story reminds me of all of his names. You know? Um, and the way that he gives in and he he shelters us, the way that he guides us, you know, to the better to the better way to go, you know, and the way that he takes care of us even when we think we're left to ourselves. And when in reality he we're not left to ourselves. Allah is there and he's always there and he's always guiding us and he's always giving to us even when we don't ask. And Allah is watchful, he's an observer. He's kind, he's compassionate, he's merciful. And all of those names just remind me of just w- so many moments of your story. And I hope that like the listeners can kind of recognize the different ways that Allah SWT helped you guys. And the different ways that it glorified him even more. Right? And it's a beautiful way, the way that Allah, he was subtle a Latif in the way that he brought Sheikh Abdi. Allah was compassionate in the way that he allowed you to spend those moments before the accident, before the you know tragedy. Allah was merciful um, by the way he allowed your hearts to expand. You know, he's, He allowed you guys not to be closed and become shell of a person. You know, he still allowed you guys to a be full. Of, yeah, he yeah. ended up that way so yeah. easily. Easily and the, because, subhanAllah the most daunting part about your story was you guys had still had Iman. You still thought of Allah in a good way. When there were so many opportunities to maybe Definitely think differently. Yeah, away. to think differently. Yet you guys were you were persistent in thinking, no Allah, and, and it's subhanAllah you give tribute to your mom and the way that she educated, introduced Allah to you. Right? Is so that you held on to that definition. Even if it was little, even if it was small, it still carried you from beginning to end. And when you needed to know more about Allah, he brought Sheikh Abdi. And then Sheikh Abdi allowed you to think bigger. He reminded you of hardship comes ease. You know? Just when you needed to hear that. When you needed to hear, like, oh, like, you know, this is not this is not normal. This is not how it's supposed to be. You know? He affirmed you. And he didn't he didn't tell you anything of distasteful right? your brother he said like the most wisest mo- like the most, wisest thing a person you could say to a person that moment he said it it's like Allah allowed him to say what you needed to hear you know what I'm saying and and then in those moments Allah is like <laughs> another form of his mercy and uh, and his kindness his understanding and all of it it's just it's, it's honestly truly miraculous and I just want to say Jazakallah khair that's for telling your story. I'm honestly going to take I've taken so much away. So many ways. Maybe more so I feel I just feel I just feel genuinely just I feel like I just want to say Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Allah truly all praise is due to Allah. Allah belongs all praise. Amen. You know, Allah wallahi He deserves all praise and it's just, sorry, I'm <laughs> getting emotional,
1: but it's just, that it's, it's, good. it's,
0: it's, 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 it's beyond, like, I'm just literally overwhelmed with gratitude,
1: you know? Yeah, that, and beyond Allah, what we can comprehend.
0: Yeah, and I'm just glad, you know? I'm just glad that Allah is my Lord, even more so, like, He's, He's my, my Lord, you know, like, He's, He's my Allah, like, and that makes me more grateful to Him, you know? Because mm. not just what He does for me, but what He does for everybody, every day. <laughs> You know, and it's just like um, it just makes you love him more because now you have an insight of who he is, even more. Mm. You know, and if we just take it a ma- moment to reflect for a moment for us to reflect of when a hardship came and when it ended, if you were to look at it carefully, mm. you can literally so, see where he's Allah the one that yeah left yeah. your side.
1: He was there the whole time. The whole
0: time he was there, and the whole time he was guiding you, and the whole time he was present, and the whole time he had a plan. You know, and, and it just makes you at awe. By his power, mm. his might, and his love, his compassion, you know? And it's just, sometimes, it, I, I, it has a new meaning when I hear, when I hear eyes and Allah says, for those who give thought, like who give, if you give a moment to think, you know? Or when Allah says, um, my signs, like when he talks about his signs, you know? It's like, mm. he's there, he's trying to tell you, I'm, I've been there, you know? Mm. And, and, and only for you to recognize it is just to look and to reflect, And you'll find him there. And it's just, it's truly remarkable. Wallahi, it's truly remarkable. Jazakallah khair for sharing your story with all of us. I'm going to hold it very dearly. And I'm sure all the listeners are going to hold it very dearly. um, Because it was, it was beautiful. So jazakallah khair.
1: And I apologize if I stuttered. Um, my English goes out
0: the window sometimes, you know? <laughs> no, no, um, no. It, it was it was honestly incredible, incredible. And I ask Allah to, to bless your family, to protect your family. May Allah accept all of the good deeds, all of the good things that you did. May Allah raise your mom's ranks to the highest level of Jannah. May Allah bring you guys Ameen. all there with her. May Allah Ameen. reunite you with Sheikh Abdi. me and, the, and i'm just i'm at awe of all of you and may Allah Santa, bless you and your family truly and i'm so proud so proud of you i don't even know what to say and i don't know you personally but i'm just genuinely so, <laughs> so so proud of you i could just hug you you know i'm just so proud of you and and, and all of it and how you did it it's just it's remarkable and alhamdulillah truly This episode is brought to you by Beautiful Light Studios, recorded at MH Studios Toronto. I love to give a shout out to our executive producer, Munishak Umar. Thank you for this episode, sis. Our recording engineer, Jonathan Lilo. Our podcast intern, Nima Haroon. Our graphic designer extraordinaire, Sima aka Wasima Farah. Our project manager, Yasmeen Mahamood. And our marketing extraordinaire, Sosam Delai. Thank you, guys. As you know, we have a huge podcast team that spent so many hours bringing these episodes to you. Every donation, any support that we get, we use it to continue to allow us to do this work. Our team is big, dedicated, and they work tirelessly. When I tell you tirelessly, like I've seen, I've seen one asleep in a busta after editing probably over 12 hours of content Ram- that Ramadan had just passed us. And honestly, I don't even know if we can even afford to compensate her for all the effort that she's put in thus far. And so many of the team members have done that and more. Alhamdulillah. So if you're really interested, if the podcast in general has given to you, supported you in any way, having and gaining support from you means a lot to us. So if you can donate, however much you can donate, um, the link is in our bio. If you go to our link tree, you can donate to our PayPal, inshallah it would mean the world and it would just make our jobs easier and to continue to do this work jazakallah truly if you can't donate that's not a problem inshallah keep us in your du'as but yes thank you and i'll see you guys next week next friday in your ear in your speaker telling you a
1: good story in the name of allah the most gracious the most merciful did we not expand for you O Muhammad, your breast, and we removed from you your burden, which had weighed upon your back, and raised high for you your repute. Verily, with hardship will be ease. Verily, with hardship will be ease. So when you have finished your duties, then stand up for worship. And to your Lord direct your longing.